Hello, everybody. My name is Renu Gulati. Um, I am running a series of podcasts based on Ayurveda, women's empowerment, and the environment. And um, Ayurveda does actually incorporate uh, the environment and the health of women and the health of mankind as part of its um, uh, system. So um, today um, we are going to be talking about the issue of mental health and and we will be looking at the issues that have been coming up around mental health uh, during this pandemic. And today my guest is um, Malika, Dr. Malika Badia. She um, is a very, very uh, highly qualified uh, woman um, who speaks uh, internationally and is an inspirational speaker and author of many books. And um, Malaji, would you like to just add on a little bit more about yourself, please? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Renu, for this kind information. I'm also a professor and director at Wellness Center at Rashtram School of Public Leadership based in Sonipat. However, right now I live at uh, Vaitagrama Ayurvedic Healing Village, which is at Coimbatore uh, in their uh, Nivruti Grama, which is the organically designed uh, home, you know, uh, a community living. Uh, and I'm doing my research. I'm also an Ayurveda practitioner. And also I'm doing my research and writing my next book called Balanced Scorecard of Health. Balanced? Balance scorecard in the scorecard, scorecard, scorecard yes. of balance health. Scorecard. Uh, in the okay. West, you know, in the management, they come out with various frameworks and right. they realize that the organizations have too much focus either on finance or on marketing, but not enough on customers and also not enough on learning and development of internally their own people. So right. this concept was introduced mainly in the corporate world. However, I realized that Ayurveda is exactly the same. It talks of health in a very balanced way, right? Indeed, indeed. It covers the whole of, whole of life and how to maintain life in a healthy way on all levels, physical, mental, spiritual, social, environmental. So, um, yes, indeed, I agree totally. And um, if there's anything else you'd like to say to introduce yourself further, please do so. Otherwise, I'll, I'll start what we can start having the dialogue about um, the mental health issues. No, it will unfold more about me. Will okay. All right. We're, we're very organic in our podcasts, as you would have heard from our previous podcasts um, that we've been doing. Um, so, um, uh, Mala, um, what would you, um, how would you describe what's going on currently in India and globally um, regarding mental health and the pandemic? It's very strange, uh, Renu, that... Uh, Ayurveda thousands of years ago has mentions of pandemic and it's also showing the connection with the mental health. Uh, and it's, it's very recent that WHO had started realizing that climate change or the environmental degradation and mental health are connected. Uh, you know, and uh, 
it's, it's really surprising that the Western way of looking at human life and also psychology and mental health is from very pathological point of view. I mean, for them, the science of psychology is very young or hardly mm-hmm. 150 years young. And also it arose from learning or understanding pathology of the mind. While when we look at India, the wisdom in Vedic times, uh, which is more than 5,000 to 10,000 years ago, the integrated uh, human was talked about. And uh, Ayurveda, as you are aware, has its roots in Atharva Veda, one of the fourth Veda. And Atharva Veda talks of environment, human being, her or his uh, social health, physical health, spiritual health and mental health all in one go you know it's all integrated and if there is an imbalance in one parameter there is obviously the uh, effect or cascading effect on all other aspects of health and therefore education from school level the gurukul level was very integrated you know now we are talking of interdisciplinary and integrated way of teaching and learning uh, and also, we still have a stigma, right, about mental health. We don't talk yes. about mental health. Yes, I was going to address this with you. Right. But, uh, but regarding currently, what do you think? Um, yes, I uh, fully am with you on the interconnectedness of the universe and how when one facet is disturbed, then it will disturb the whole sort of the ecosystem, if you like, of, of life. Um, but regarding the particular issues on mental health, um, what would you um, uh, uh, regard as being the most, uh, you know, the major issues on mental health? Sure. The major issue, as I see today, is uh, unfortunately the younger generation is suffering much more from the mental health arising out of their lifestyle, food issues, and the uh, social isolation, which has come because of pandemic. Uh, However, even prior to pandemic, though superficially, because of the social media, they have a lot of friends, and they look like a very happy-go-lucky young generation, uh, born with a silver spoon and born with technology. Uh, However, at heart, they are very lonely they don't really have good friends uh, with whom they can open up their heart or, you know, really talk about their real feelings. And therefore, we see that a lot of people in this world today are living very superficial life, which has mm-hmm. given more rise to the mental health issues, you know. And mm-hmm. I feel very sad when I see very young, 20-something, going to a psychiatrist, being on anti-anxiety drugs, uh, you know, and they, they, are, they are hiding it all behind a smile. Yes, it's, indeed. It's really sad to see them suffer this way. Do you think that's also, uh, do you think the, the taboo and the inability to express one's uh, psycho-emotional issues is, um, is due to, is, is exclusive to India? Or do you think it's... Uh, um, I mean, India seems to me uh, to be more taboo about these things, whereas the westernized world are more expressive regarding these issues, yet um, the uh, 
the number of people suffering from mental health issues um, in the West is also very high. Um, yes, Adrienne, absolutely right. It's very high. However, in the West, they talk about it. Yes. I mean, as we said, you know, they, they don't mind saying that, oh, I'm going to a shrink or I'm taking help for my mental health. However, it's not, I don't really think that's helping them being open about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in India, unfortunately, and this has also happened in the West, I see two main reasons behind the mental health issues in humanity at large and the younger generation in particular. Uh, One, the industrial revolution created urbanization, alienation from their roots, you know, away Mm -hmm. from culture. We are talking of cosmopolitan culture, but unless you are rooted in your own culture, being a globalized person doesn't help, you know. So right. one level, uh, people are away from their community. They are living alone in cities. Uh, the families have become very small and you know, they are becoming smaller day by day to a single person family. While uh, on the eastern side of the world, not just India, but many other parts of the eastern side of the world, we still have joint families. Of course, they have their own social issues. However, uh, you know, in the corporate life, when they introduce coaches and counselors and mentors, I always joke that in India, these are the roles done free by our own aunts and, you know, cousins and And the elders. So, you know, just hugging your grandmother and chatting with her about how you spend your day and who are your friends, uh, you know, uh, makes you feel more uh, mentally uh, healthy. Because, uh, you know, to all your concerns and all your problems, like recently a friend of mine was sharing with me uh, that her daughter uh, started getting her period. She has become a woman at 10. Now, this Mm -hmm. is another issue, uh, Renu, that, you know, the physiological maturity is happening much earlier, right? I mean, earlier it would happen only at 14 or 16, Mm -hmm. which is happening at 9 and 10 now. However, because her mother-in-law is close by and, you know, there are a lot of rituals and it's almost like a celebration yes, yes, a girl coming into womanhood. Yes. Now, if we don't understand this or if we don't have supportive families, it, it becomes very traumatic, right? To, to even a smaller you know, change in your life can become very traumatic. Yes, yes, indeed. And um, yeah, I was surprised to hear also, I mean, I was brought up in the UK, as you know, and yeah. for me, you know, starting menstruation was like, oh no, oh God, this is terrible, what's happened, you know? Um, so there wasn't an embracing, there was no rite of passage, you know, into womanhood, no celebration. And so I do think the, the lack of rites of passage into different parts of our life have also contributed to um, uh, not embracing life um, in a way that uh, it was do- that was done traditionally. And I fully uh, am with you on, you know, like the extended family role where the elders were supportive and you had access to all stratas of generations, you know, from small children to very elderly people. And I think that that gave people a sense of, you know, uh, well-being and happiness to be naturally connected to the, you know, the, the whole of the whole gamut of, you know, life generations, you know. 
absolutely we are really supported in our ecosystem right yes yes and the, the mental health problems have uh, arisen mainly in the cities rather than in the rural areas where they are still rooted with nature because yes. apart from being uprooted from your family you are also uprooted from nature right yes I mean, from those pictures uh, of uh, nature on your screen on your computer screen yeah you are really connected with the sky or the sea or the river or the plants uh, animals yes indeed so but but now um we see in the in the i mean it's happening more maybe amongst the very the very rich you know to have a country home where they can retreat to you know in you know at the weekends etc but in general uh that the tendency in india is to want to move to the cities i mean that's for employment also and also because they see it as the place to be that's true but renu this is exactly where in pandemic times uh, it's like a silver lining with the dark clouds you know uh, yes. a lot of rural migration has started happening mhm reasons why it has happened are not so positive however as i talk to people at many levels many of them even don't want to go back to cities now you know so they are looking at creating some possibility for themselves to you know create employment or create some meaningful way of earning or uh, in their mm. own social environment mm-hmm. so and these and these people you speak of are they from the different strata of you mean Absolutely. the lo- local migrants yes local these are migrants the, these are the local migrants from uh, different levels like i'm talking to somebody who has done mba but is from a farmer's family and mm-hmm. never life he has done farming and now he's enjoying he's sleeping only on his farm and learning to do farming and is you know writing poems sitting in the nature or uh, mm-hmm. i'm talking with domestic help who have gone back mm. uh, they say didi hum khush hai humko mm. nahi hai wapas you know they don't want mm. to come back yeah yeah because the the way mental health we we see is is very artificially created right it's self created like how mm-hmm. ayurveda says is that sattva is our natural blissful state and yeah. sattva and or sattvic lifestyle sattvic food sattvic thoughts creates the positive energy mhm however is the excess of rajas which is the greed achievement motivation competition you know uh, i need to earn more uh, i need to have more cars i need to do better than my best friend uh, that rajas has actually created lot of hyperactivity uh, also one reason i see uh, renu is that women have forgotten their traditional roles of uh, taking care of the family and cooking because i mm. i see that a lot of our mental health issue go back goes back to what we eat right and who is the food for us mm. so the more you look at people uh, eating out or ordering food on phone uh, i even have a lot of friends in cities who are not working women and yet they have stopped making their own yogurt and butter and ghee at home yes so you know Uh, they are they are the artificial lifestyle is adding to the rajas 
and we all know that when there is too much activity too much rajas we all get exhausted right mm-hmm. and that emotional exhaustion pushes us into tamas which mm-hmm. is the heavy dark energy and yes. that dark energy you know makes us couch potato sitting very dull with your you know games playing games on your computer or your on your phone or uh, watching pornography has increased so much oh you i know, thought it had been banned i thought the government had put a ban on it in india yeah it's now put a ban on it but i'm sure it's still available for people who are able to manage you know and yes the hmm. generation hmm. is very very wrong view of their own sexual identity or what sex the role of sex in life is right Mm-hmm. Because as you are aware, Ayurveda and the Vedic literature describes four main aims of life: dharma, arthi, yes. kama, moksha. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have given Kama Sutra to the world, right? So mm-hmm. there were no taboos about talking about sexuality. It was very well accepted part of our life, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be aesthetically beautifully enjoyed. Uh, mm-hmm. However, with responsibility, because dharma needs to precede that. Exactly. and the same for artha right i mean same for exactly money, yeah for yes for running businesses mhm the sustainability of environment now the united nations has given all sustainability goals to the world mm-hmm. uh, ayurveda has been talking of sustainability as dharma dharma yes dharma right yes um and also i mean even in 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 western ancient cultures um there was a similar setup you know as we describe you know in ancient indian cultures absolutely um, when we look at shamanism or pagan or kathas i mean you know there was always the connectedness with nature well mm-hmm. civilizations or cultures have lost their connection with nature mm-hmm. lost the quantum view or the web of life you know yes so i mean people uh don't uh realize necessarily some may have started to realize or have realized but in general i feel that the majority of the world um including india does not realize the connection between mental health and natural living and you know healthy societal living like living in a in a in a society in a in a in a extended family or you know it's actually not possible also for many people to live in an extended family um for some reason or other and they're having to find nuclear homes um to live in so how do we address that how do we encourage people to to stay in extended families and um i would uh, Renu, even if you are not physically able to stay in your extended family because of lack of opportunities of work or you know uh, reasons to stay away from the family could be rooted in your uh, education that you have to leave your family and stay at, at other places mm-hmm. however there is now people are realizing that on one side there is social distancing yes of the pandemic and yet i'm talking to many people who are getting staying more and more connected with their families you know topical boundaries they are trying mm. to melt it create bridges have video calls i mean i'm talking to so many people who are having zoom 
meetings, Zoom family meetings, yes, which they yes. were never having, right? Mm. So, yes. so somewhere people have realized, uh, also going back to your earlier question about stigma, about mental health, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to talk a little more about it because we all know that a lot of people, uh, young, old, middle-aged, men, women, I mean, everyone, people keep to themselves, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when somebody we hear, when suddenly we hear of somebody's suicide and we say, oh, but that person never displayed any symptoms. Mm. Or, you know, we realize that this person would take this step. Yes. Uh, yes. And that's where I realize that many of us uh, really don't know how to deal with our own emotions. Yes. You know? And the process needs to begin at a very young age. Mm. It's the women who were doing this role earlier, but now with women uh, taking up full-time employment and busy looking at their careers and their uh, growth in life uh, in the the corporate ladder or the economic ladder, uh, somehow even in a nuclear family, I realized that people really need to take over each other's roles, right? So if a mother doesn't have time, the father or the grandparents who may not be staying together, but they need to create those bridges where a child learns to share emotions Mm -hmm. and and understand that my every emotion counts, right? Yes. Discount it by gifting uh, expensive toys and gadgets to your children. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And create that artificial gratification because that, that, that fear or the sadness or the grief, whatever the child is undergoing, uh, we need to help the child to process the emotion rather than suppress it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's happening, I mean, I live in Rishikesh, as you know, and um, this is considered the yoga capital of the world. Right. Um, and, um, you know, here we have a lot of people, I meet a lot of people in my Ayurveda practice um, from uh, different parts of the globe. Um, my, my clientele is um, mainly, mainly Western. Indians uh, in general uh, don't, don't come, come to me, um, although they, of course, welcome. But um, I meet a lot of people who are, there's a new term, which I'm not sure if you're aware of, called spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that term or um, just explain that a little? Yeah. Yeah. And there's another term that's used uh, synonymously, but I can't remember what it is right now. But basically what it means is that, you know, people uh, come towards spirituality. They move towards, you know, practices such as yoga and, and chanting and meditation, etc., because, uh, you know, they're sad. They, they, they feel something is lacking inside life, inside their own life and inside, you know, their, their, their life outside. And so they come seeking peace. And what I find is that a lot of people then start doing, you know, heavy, heavy training in meditation or mantra or yoga, and they're not dealing with the actual underlying psycho-emotional state. So they bypass it. They bypass it by just, um, yeah, 
uh, by just chanting. And, I, and I've seen in the, because, you know, when someone is becoming uh, spiritually evolved through their practice, um, one, one, one would expect to see an evolution of, of character, more compassion, more kindness, more, more love, you know, and, and, and I'm seeing that there's a lot of rip suppression going on through um, so-called spirituality as it stands today. So people are, it's, it's, like, it's like a cover-up, like taking a drug. Obviously, it's not harmful like a drug, but it's like that. If you, do you, are, you, are you with me on the... Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm absolutely with you, Renu, and I see that, and I feel very sad, you know, that spirituality, instead of really understanding it holistically, or even yoga or Ayurveda, for that matter, rather than going deeper into it, they are used as the new business tools, you know, to yes. set up, uh, ashrams, set up spas, earn more money. Uh, you know, if you, I mean, just a simple massage to anyone would make them feel relaxed, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, chanting for, or dancing, uh, letting your inhibitions go for those few moments as you chant and sing and dance. But you're not, you're absolutely right when one is not processing the real self within or mm-hmm. letting go of the old traumas, right? And they are with you. They are, they yeah. are stuck at, with you at the cellular level. Mm. Uh, they are more like escapism rather than uh, actually yes. addressing the real issues, you know. Yeah, and it, and it creates a kind of a split personality because, and also a lot of guilt comes up. Because on the, on the one hand, you feel you should be spiritual and good and kind. But on the other hand, it's not coming naturally. And then you develop another psycho-emotional issue, uh, you know, which is very negative, which is guilt. Absolutely. And this is where I remember my mother's guru was very clear. Uh, do not set up an ashram. You know, he would tell all his devotees. Uh, he, he would even shy away from you know, anyone calling him guru or touching his feet. Because he would say, we are all same. We are all consciousness. You know, we are all humans with uh, our own limitations. Uh, It's just that maybe you are experiencing little more healing or peace when you meet me. But you all have these possibility, you know, to blossom into this state. And he would say that uh, meet regularly, do good satsang, read good things. However, go back to home, you know. If you are a pastor, go back to your life, complete, see the divine in everything that you are doing, whether it's cooking, cleaning, bringing up children, looking after the elderly, Mm -hmm. gardening, uh, everything that you do, see the divine in whatever you are doing Mm -hmm. and allow Mm -hmm. your soul to blossom that way rather than running away to an ashram, right? Because... Uh, even ashrams become your second home, right? So we are creating yes. the, the same uh, greed and anger and fear and suppression and competition. Uh, it all comes with us uh, to another geographical space. That's all. Totally, totally. Our own heart space, you know. Mm-hmm. So what, what solutions like on a kind of, uh, what can we offer on a practical level to, I mean, now we have, uh, counseling has become quite popular in India. 
not as popular as in the West. But a lot of people will refuse to go to counsellors because they feel it's somehow they don't want to disclose their dirty laundry, as they say, in, in public. Right. Um, um, they don't want to take it out of the family. So how can you help people? Uh, how can people help themselves or uh, find solutions to their mental health issues? Yes, they can talk about them, but they won't. In India, people do not. Everyone's, you ask people how they are. Of course, you don't want to tell every Tom, Dick and Harry that you're not feeling good. But, you know, even people don't tell their close friends. Um, that's, that's, and that's the saddest part, Renu, you know, because in all my uh, wherever I get this possibility to talk with people, I tell them that one, open up, you know, open up your heart. Long time ago, I had seen a French movie and the first line in that film was that there are only four or five stories in this world which keep on repeating themselves as if they've never happened before. So I remind people that we are all, you know, repeating the same stories and the same dramas, you know. I am yeah. very unique about my story, my trauma, my sadness, uh, you know, my guilt or anything, whatever it is. Uh, however, it's not so unique. It's just a part of the universal web, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I have chosen to go through it. So just be open and let go, right? Let go. Look mm -hmm. at you and learn to become a witness. Take a step back. And I can't control my mind, right? My mind can go crazy with thoughts and emotions. However, even if I learn simple breathing techniques uh, that allow me to become a witness. So in Shiva Samhita and Patanjali Yoga Sutra, there are very powerful breathing techniques. Uh, there is one from Patanjali Yoga Sutra, which is also now available on apps and one can download that on the phone, which is called 3SRB. Three-step rhythmic breathing, mm -hmm. designed by one Parsi yogi uh, Tavariya ji. He's no more in his body, but he was an avid yoga practitioner himself, uh, and he has rewritten the sutras. And uh, even if you don't do anything else, but you do conscious breathing, uh, you slowly are able to, you know, uh, understand what your dramas are or even talk about them at the right time or outgrow them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all feel very confused. At least I felt very confused when I was listening to Vedanta lectures saying that sansar is maya and illusion, right? And mm -hmm. I said, but it's not an illusion, right? I mean, I'm talking to you. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's not an illusion. It's really happening. Uh, mm -hmm. So what is maya and what is illusion? And Tavariyaji very beautifully explains this in his Patanjali Yoga Sutra book that it's not unreal. It is real, but it's not worth our efforts. It's, it's not worth wasting our time and energy, you know. Sansara mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. just a drama, you know, which yes. you have chosen to, but you have forgotten now that I had chosen, like I had chosen to be Mala and come here and do certain work, get into certain relationships experience certain emotions, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. but however, when I am born here, uh, I've forgotten why I've chosen to be born here. So by this conscious breathing uh, and practicing it regularly, uh, 
you know, anyone who's downloading the app, I would request them to go to the normal 20 minutes breathing. Uh, not the refining exercises, because refining exercises need to be learned from an expert on this uh, and then only practice. There are, of course, YouTube videos. However, I would always encourage anyone to have a personal yoga teacher uh, and learn because, you know, yes. they correct you when they are right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I encourage people to create deeper relationship, right? I mean, deeper relationship does not mean that we have to like each other's posts on Facebook or keep on sending WhatsApp messages to each other. However, we know that these are the relationships that uh, even in the middle of the night, uh, I pick up the phone and I talk and maybe I'm talking to them after five years, but we exactly. have mm-hmm. the same warmth, right? That yeah, person will understand that person will not be judgmental. Mm. That and that, that, that's the difficulty because that's what we fear. We fear the judgment of, of others because we have, uh, particularly with social media, portrayed an image of ourselves. And um, we don't want to have people think of us in any other way. Like, very true. Absolutely true, uh, Renu. And that's where I'm designing a program specially for women uh, to help them with their mental health. And this is based on our 10 goddesses in Tantra, the Mahadashvidyas. Mm-hmm. You know, because each goddess starting from Kali and ending with Kamla, each goddess represents a part of us, the feminine energy. And yes. every goddess says that we are only a potential <clears throat> possibility and this is what quantum physics also is saying right mm-hmm. I, I have fear of judgment if I think of myself as a product who's stuck right that this is my identity and all my life I'm stuck with this being yes whether they are my limitations or my strength however the moment I start looking at myself as a divine possibility which is unfolding, right, through different life experiences within me. And mm. I need not be perfect. I may be meet, making a mistake. But, mm-hmm. you know, let me, let me understand, seek forgiveness from self and to whoever I could have hurt in the past and move on, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I was not mature at that time. Maybe I did out of some ignorance, uh, mm-hmm. now because I have little more light, little more understanding of life, little more mature than what I was yesterday uh, yes. you know, I, I start blooming little more because the seed uh, when planted is buried right inside the dark soil mother earth mm. uh, and unless it learns to outgrow that darkness uh, and out, come out on the surface and also move towards the light, right? Nobody teaches the plant to move towards light. No. It's, it's the inner, inner craving, right? To move yes. towards light. Yes. And if we realize that we all are the seeds of potentiality, we all are the seeds of possibilities, and we, we have a possibility of becoming totally different us. However, for that, we have to let go of who we are today. Mm-hmm. And if um, let go of that fear, and I'm, I've realized in my life, Renu, with the three SRB rhythmic breathing mm-hmm. and defining exercises, a lot of my own fear 
my own uh, you know fear of judgment i went through a bad marriage and a divorce and i didn't even want to tell my family and the best friends or even in my you know career anyone any of my colleagues that uh, i'm divorced because it's it's quite a stigma right in india yes yes you don't want to talk about it and then i go for vipassana uh, sadhana and i meet my one of my old colleagues uh, after many many years and mm-hmm. he asks me about my husband i don't know how maybe it was the tapas of that land in vipassana but i i very naturally casually said oh i'm divorced and i was mm-hmm. quite surprised you know yeah. so i realized that maybe being at the right space would give you that strength to face mm-hmm. life without any fear hmm yeah um i'm uh, talking about i work a lot with women as you know i work i run a women's empowerment program and the, a lot of the women uh, i mean most well, all of the women are um let's say underprivileged financially yeah. and um you know a lot are suffering domestic violence or you know alcoholism in the family which is taking away all the family income right. and so on and um you know they 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 are not really speaking out and they don't really know where to turn like in the west when i used to work with the with women's women's empowerment um you know we had specially trained women guides we had shelters for women we had places they could go where they could you know get get a, um counseled and have a safe haven with other women who were also suffering that that was happening on the one hand in 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 the west yeah. on the other hand as a lawyer in the west i would have many women come to me you know having been beaten and and you know i would take photographs of their you know various injuries and i i would say to them um you know as as they directed me to to get an injunction so to have their husband not come within a certain radius of their home so right. that they felt so that they felt safe so i would draft all the papers get everything ready and they say come back at say 12 o'clock or whatever and they'd come back that they wouldn't come back and oh. then two weeks later they'd come back again with injuries and more injuries and it was just going on and on and on and you know and it's like you know a lot of some of the women that i work with now are in the same situation you know they they kind of like they want to get away from their husband some of them have gotten away from their husband they've 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 broken the taboo but they've got involved in another situation which repeats itself no that's exactly i wanted to tell you renu that yeah fortunately even if you get away from one abusive relationship even yeah. seen this uh, drama getting repeated so as i said earlier we have to learn to see our own drama and come out of that drama you know mm-hmm. and unfortunately what i'm realizing the domestic violence is not only in india especially yes. in pandemic times even in lot of european countries and uh, in us it's on rise and, and yes it's really sad to have this domestic violence uh, you know so where have we grown as a civilization right our consciousness hasn't risen technologically we may have been you know developed nations uh, or you know developing nations those kind of uh, statuses but somehow uh, the human nature has not evolved and therefore yes. 
we believe that building in the spirituality at a very young age and creating this clarity of gender roles, you know, as uh, integration of Shiva and Shakti or integration of feminine and masculine energy in each body. I mean, I may be born as a woman, but I also have the Shiva or the masculine energy in me. And the other person, my partner can be born in a male body, but he also has a Shakti or the feminine energy. And, you know, mm-hmm. everyone aware from childhood uh, that, you know, we are both and we need to respect and be sensitive to both the energies. What has happened, you know, unfortunately, I'm realizing is, uh, especially in the West, uh, because women, we say women empowerment and we only look at the economical independence, right? Mm. Or your ability to get education because these were the taboos. Women were not supposed to get educated. Women were not supposed to be the breadwinners of the family. Mm. Uh, and, and therefore, their dependence on the men uh, in the household were higher. Yes. It wasn't so in India. I mean, in the olden times at least. And that's where I'm looking at that. How do we revive that? You know, the dignity of being a woman. I mean, women have run kingdoms. Women mm. have widows with young kids, but they have managed their families and household beautifully, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, women have been uh, scholars, like we have had uh, Gargi and Maitri and, you know, Lopa yes. Mutsa and Arundhati and uh, mm. They have uh, done scientific discoveries and they were going to the king's court and arguing, debating with men. Mm-hmm. So how do we revive this? You know, how do we make at least to make a beginning with our Indian women because they are locally, physically closer to us, right? Yes. And how do we help them uh, go back maybe, let's say, thousand years before mm. Or the Britishers or the Muslims invaded us mm. uh, and they were pushed into the you know the boundary of a household yes or even whenever they were in the boundary of a household uh, they, they had more empowerment because they were the holder of the culture right they, they kept the entire family together so how do we help women and this is where I feel that all the women empowerment programs have to build in stories, stories of positive, positivity, positive feminine identity. Absolutely. Yes. Like, uh, I mean, a lot of women uh, raise their eyebrows when I talk of Satyakam Jabala. But Mm. uh, I don't know. Are you aware of the story of Satyakam? No, I'm not actually. Jabala was a Dasi and uh, she was working. Uh, where uh, she would have had to please a lot of men. And Mm -hmm. then she had a child. And when she kept uh, sent her child to a Rishi's ashram for education, naturally the Rishi wanted to know who his father was. Mm -hmm. And then she says, I don't know because I've never seen a father in my house. I've only seen my mother. Mm. So he innocently says, okay, go to your mother and ask her. So when the child goes, imagine the, the... capacity of this woman to hold her dignity and she says I'm sorry son but I don't know who your father is Mm. 
and and the conviction with which she says the authenticity and the integrality that she displayed the child was not ashamed didn't feel you know any shame yes. Yes. to the rishi mm. and the dignity of the rishi that he names that child as satyakam the one who speaks mm. the truth yes you know mm-hmm. so how do we spread this positivity around i'm not saying that uh, sleeping around with men and you know having a child uh, you know not knowing who the father is is justified unfortunately people focus on the wrong part of the story right mm, that's right at the yes. essence of the story mm. but um in in my in the women's empowerment organization that i run um you know once i mean first of all we do start with economic uh, development for them because they are in a very survival mode situation right um um and we also um have uh, other women um give them awareness sessions other indian women who can speak to them in their tradition about you know the wealth of women as as you know as as characters like the devis and so we try and explain to them in that way but what often what often happens is that once the woman gets um some money in her hands then she wants to buy she wants to go western you know she wants to kind of move that's the sad part you know mm. i mean we our rural population sees urbanization as the the achievement goal achieved right that i finally reached a city and i have a job here the same way women i realized are you know if i'm yeah. able to wear jeans and uh, copy the foreign women's i'm empowered or emancipated hmm yeah and here is quite common because you know we have it's a it's a town that's dependent on tourism so and that's that's what women see you know they see these other women they idealize them and they think you know this is the way to be these women are free these you know they have an imagination that these women are free they're happy you know that uh, that they're not controlled by the man they're, they're financially independent and um this is what uh, the women then strive towards and then and then it becomes then their folk they they move from survival to to greed um, yeah. and and they, they they don't stop at need they they move on to greed and it continues um, no, exactly why i said renu spiritual education is a must right mm mm but spiritual education you realize that greed is harming me the most uh, yeah it's harming the environment and the ecosystem and the society but it's harming me the most you know hmm like just today i was talking to the lady who helps me here in the house and she said oh today morning i made uh, maggi noodles and i said but why would you have maggi noodles yeah it's not healthy right yeah so i was talking to her about some simple recipes like pohas and upmas and you know or yeah your in south it's easy to have make idi appam so i said why can't you make idi appam rather than have maggi noodles you know yeah yeah so we have to help women understand the value of self cooked healthy fresh food because that's what is going to nourish their soul as well right yes all these processed and ready food are also killing our soul and 
harming the physical and uh, mental health mm-hmm. and people women don't realize that they are being drained second is to respect their uh, cycles right the moon cycles and take time off take care of self uh even if you are economically deprived nothing stops you from just taking a pause looking up at the sky looking at the trees or the river around right yeah and gain yeah. your strength help them understand that there is a lot of prana in the environment which they can breathe in which will also give them energy mm mm and which will also build their confidence which will also show them the right path or you know give them the viveka that what is good for me mm my society mm. yeah and um there was one uh, pertinent question which has just slipped my mind um regarding women um odia uh odia it was a fantastic question and it slipped my mind come back um, come back just take a deep breath and yeah um okay in the meantime if you have anything else that you would like to say because so that we can draw our dialogue to a conclusion please do so and then hopefully the question will spring back into the into my sure. mind sure sure i truly believe we know that we women are privileged right as a gender uh because one we are the creators we create right yeah and it's very unfortunate that over the time we have forgotten our own power uh, yes. it's even in alcoholism lot of studies have happened like i have been earlier in the editorial board with the times group and the femina magazine and uh, therefore i had interacted with lot of women at lot of levels and one of the study on alcoholism in men uh, that uh, we had seen at that time is that they all had wives who were extremely dominating and aggressive mm, and mm, they couldn't mm. cope with those women and they turned to alcoholism and then yes. that gave rise mm. to uh, you know uh, domestic violence so we as women have lot of power and use it correctly learn yes. it correctly a lot of women in the corporates that i have seen they use their sexuality in a wrong way or uh, to just get that one favor one promotion you yes. know if you allow yourself to become an object you are just going down on your own energy you know that one promotion is nothing compared to the life's journey mm-hmm. so retain your dignity not to retain your dignity right and, yeah. and make wise choices go for smart choices go for wiser choices And, yes, and and connect with another at a deeper level yes learn deep listen empathy rather than looking at the other woman as your competitor look at her as your sakhi as we say in india and yes. there is a lot of support system right and that's how uh, in vrindavan all the gopis were called sakhis of each other and yeah. that sakhi how if we can you know encourage in women uh nothing can stop us we can really create co-create a society which is much more healthier yes yes there's a lot of um, jealousy um and with um, amongst women and a lot of competition as yes. well 
um, much more so than amongst men, I feel, also. So, yeah, if we can, you know, uh, make that sisterhood, that would be uh, um, quite amazing. And in fact, I was, there are two things now. I remembered the question that I wanted to ask you, but now something else has come up, which is that um, I remember, you know, from my uh, uh, parents' generation, um, their friends and, who were living in India, and how the women the ones who had the most beautiful marriages were the ones where the women knew the psychology of the man and knew, and knew how to work around them so as to keep them happy and so as to keep themselves empowered. And they really ran, they really ran the place. They, they, they were the queens, they were, they, were in, they were in charge, but the man did not actually know. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're yes. right, you know, and, and, and that's the power I want women to have it back, right? Yes. And then if we start working at all levels from young mothers who are bringing up their daughters uh, and sons, right? I mean, see, unfortunately, one of the reasons for a lot of mental health issues and also domestic violence or breaking up of relationship and rise in divorce is also because we have uh, we think we have empowered women. Yes. But uh, uh, the result is they don't know how to cook. I have a lot of my students where girls don't know how to cook. Mm. Guys know how to cook, right? So yeah. they mm. take advantage of this. So rather than taking advantage of boys, uh, uh, learn to be self-sufficient, right? Uh, yeah. And, and understand what a relationship is. Uh, mm -hmm. We have given this freedom to daughters to do what they want. And, you know, I've heard so many mothers tell their daughters, don't worry. Uh, you know, if there is any problem with your mother-in-law, you are always, uh, you come back to us. But why mm -hmm. should you project mother-in-law as a monster, right? Mm -hmm. That mother-in-law can be your best friend. Mm -hmm. If we create this kind of positive relationship among women, mm -hmm. Uh, that would also help the men because unfortunately the sons we have not brought them up to learn to live with this emancipated vibrant woman who's independent right mm, mm. so they are fumbling they have no clue mm. they, have no, they really yes. have no clue how to deal with this creature <laughs> yes because we are still like in a mess somewhere mm -hmm. And the question that I did want to ask you that I'd forgotten has come back, as you said, take a breath and it, it came back, um, <laughs> was that you live in a, you, I, we know each other through Vaidigrama, the uh, healing community, the Ayurveda-based healing community in um, South India, Tamil Nadu, Coimbatore. And um, Nivriti Gram is, is like a, it, it's a community-based uh, organization. And um, I mean, do, do you feel like living in a, in a community-based organization replaces the uh, need for the family? Uh, um, I mean, how does it support you? And, and is it something like in the Jewish tradition, we have kibbutzes and, you know, there are, there are communes in, in various countries. We have communes so that people can feel supported. No, I've, I've felt very supported because after my father's death uh, and my son migrating to New Zealand, 
uh, I had no reason to stay back in Bombay, which I never enjoyed staying in a city, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. I knew this place in where, uh, where the drama was coming up. So I said, uh, I would shift here. And now I have a full family here. So I have a son and a daughter-in-law and a grandson. And I have a daughter uh, and son-in-law and a granddaughter, you know, and I have my global sisters here. And uh, it's amazing how we all are connected. And there is no blood relationship. I didn't even know these people uh, five years ago, you know, at White Grammar. Mm-hmm. Uh, only, it's only been two years that I'm staying here. But just the thought that I'd be shifting to Sonipat whenever the lockdown opens up and it allows me to shift is making me and everyone here very sad, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll be gone, but you'll come back here, right? I said, yes, of course, this is home now. So mm. all the vacations that I get, get uh, it's here that I'm coming back. Right. And you feel very fulfilled, right? I mean, in a city, even if they are your blood and your own uh, children or grandchildren, you may not have the possibility to spend so much time together, right? Yes, exactly. In a, in a community living, you are all together. So evenings, we all gather together, talk, sing, dance. Uh, there are a lot of houses where, uh, like Rosie is here who lives in Australia, but she comes here at least two to three months in a year. And uh, we, we feel so much about each other, you know, so... It's a beautiful fe- feeling. I, I really feel that community living should be the choice for everyone. And yes. you did have this, right? As a Vanaprasthashram. Mm-hmm. Once you turn 50, give up your home and business to the next generation and take a back seat. Yeah, yeah. You're you're pretty active. Um, I don't I don't know how old you are, but uh, you're pretty. <laughs> you're, I I don't see you on the back seat. <laughs> but internally, yes, uh, yeah, maybe. It, when yes. I say back seat, that I mean my son. I don't. I'm not a helicopter mom anymore for him, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He, he lives his own life, and I live my own life. So yeah. that's what I call backseat. So if he has an issue or a concern or he wants some answers from me uh, when he calls me and he's the one who taught me this, you know, that uh, be like a Google map. Only when I open the Google map, the directions are given. <laughs> <laughs> so, so otherwise, don't, don't even open your mouth to tell me what to do in my life. And I think it's beautiful, right? Yeah, at least it's clear, I, huh? Hmm. You asked how you have done the bringing up your, your child. Yeah. Just life, right? You would trust hmm. him. Even if they make mistakes and learn from them. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. We need to let them learn from them, their own life. Hmm. And we can learn from their lives too. Oh, we do. <laughs> I learn a lot from him, my God. <laughs> yes. In Ayurveda, they say the whole world is your teacher. It is, it is. Yes, yes. So, um, so yes, so um, it's been very wonderful uh, uh, having a dialogue with you on these various issues surrounding mental health and a whole range of other interconnected aspects. Um, and um, thank you very much.
for uh, participating in the podcast. And actually, um, for this possibility, you know, my gratitude whenever I can just share, open up my heart, uh, help people to live a little better than what they are doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you again, and um, hope to have you aboard. Have hope to have you aboard soon again. Thank you, Reno. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.